Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Proudly brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au Greetings and warm welcome from the studio of Food Bites with Sarah Patterson. Thanks to Cheese Links. My name's Kevin Hillier. Her name's Sarah Patterson. Greetings and salutations. That's Mr Hillier, it's a lovely day for the race. Uh, that wouldn't be there. That's November's the Melbourne Cup. That's the race that stops the nation. No, this is the human race. It's They're, a lovely day for the race. I'm, I'm finishing my races. Oh. I'm trying to think what other race it could have been before you jumped in and said it was WS the Cox race. Plate. Could be the Cox Caulfield Plate. Cup, could be the Hardy Frodo 500. Or the 500. Everest. Oh, the, no, we don't talk no. about the Everest. The Hardy Frodo 500. What's the another Everest, race? The Everest catches? doesn't have a patch on the Melbourne Cup, does it? Well, yeah. it's a sprint race for a start. Well, I knew that. I was yeah. just testing you. Yes, but, and, and no, it doesn't have the history. You when you have the history around a race, that that builds that that mystique about it. You can't mm. just whack six million dollars on the table right. and say, "Oh, it's going to be a good race." Well, no, not you're a man of mystique. Now, the human race. Why 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 are we uh, why are we talking about the human race? Oh, we're, we're, our guest this week is a pretty uh, cracking, decent kind of human, don't you reckon? Well, some people would argue. Hmm. That he's not. Don't argue. No, some people would argue, <laughs> some people would argue that he's not, and some people would actually even, at times, I'm sure, have questioned the fact if he's actually even a member of the human race. Wow, he Be- cops it, doesn't he? Yeah, because he is an umpire. Yeah, uh, he's an AFL umpire, not an NRL referee or mm. uh, a soccer referee, uh, but he's an AFL umpire and one of uh, great standing in terms of uh, notoriety. Yep, and one of the most entertaining without going around doubt. without a doubt. Uh, has a terrific uh, career. I mean, he's 45. Uh, he's he's probably at the back end of his umpiring mm. career, but he's done three over 350 games. Uh, a few grand finals in there. His first grand final was the the drawn grand final in 2010. His name is Razor Ray, Ray Chamberlain. Can yes. you please explain for the viewers at home or the listeners at mm. least? How he got his name Razor? Well, actually, it's not as a lot of people think uh, given to him as happened to a lot of footballers over the years, uh, you know, like the cranium and uh, the dominator and all those and, and the galloping gasometer and the flying doormat given by uh, television or uh, media commentators. Mm. Uh, his wasn't. His was actually – it's a schoolboy nickname yeah. that he got when he was playing cricket because he used one of those grey nick bats that had the, the cut out at the back. So they called him Razor Ray. Um, and uh, Brian go. Taylor was the one who picked up on it and uh, and used it and uh, it, it's become yeah, – everyone it's a knows good fit him. though, isn't it? Everyone knows him as Razor Ray. Yeah, well, he's a great guest this week on yes, our podcaster. Uh, a, a real character, and uh, we're very happy to have him on the podcast. And we're very happy to have, of course, our continuing association with Cheese Links. Cheese Links. Janet and the team there are ready. There's workshops galore now that uh, we're out and about, and there's also information on how you can make cheese at home on your own. Uh, you know, that, that wonderful little moment you can share with yourself. Or yeah, with your, you can do your it in your very own uh, kitchen. Or if you would like, as you mentioned, Kevin, to uh, to book a class, it's a lot of fun. Get a group of uh, girlfriends together or guys if you prefer. You get a hairnet thing too to wear, which you know. Well, and an apron too. Yes, all the doodads. 52821984 is the phone number, but of course the, the place to go is the website, cheeselinks.com.au. That's the one. All right, uh, the whistle's blown. Let's get to our <laughs> guest for this week. It's Ray Chamberlain, uh, the very, very well-known AFL umpire. You are listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier, brought to you by Cheeselinks, bringing cheese and yoghurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au. Yeah, the rules, man. I didn't write the book. I've just read it, all right? Razor Ray. Oh, he's a star, isn't he? You can't. 
Ryan. <laughs> Smith, Ray's gone down. He's courageous, Ray. Look at him bounce back up. <laughs> Very good effort from up by Ray Chamberlain. Thank you for joining us on the Food Bites uh, podcast. I guess the question we've got to ask, Ray, mm. is are you any good in the kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> but who's the judge? <laughs> well, I know I need to. I need, I need some clarification around the manner in which you uh, adjudicate on this, guys. Well, let's let's I, say family uh, members. I, yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy cooking. I, I don't love cleaning up, and I'm, and I'm not enamoured by you know heading down to the markets or ducking into coals and collecting all the ingredients. But once I'm there uh, and set up, I really actually enjoy. I enjoy cooking. What sort of things can you knock together? Uh, <laughs> I first left school and I was living in this wardrobe in Sydney. I remember I used to make this beef stroganoff, which <laughs> I thought was fantastic. And my girlfriend, who's now my wife, vegetarian, she still complains about having a visit me and the smell in the joint oh. because of that dish. But, yeah, I'm, I'm your classic stir-fry guy. I love, I love roast. Um, yeah, so pretty much I'll have a crack at uh, cooking anything, to be honest. Now, just going back to your beef strog in your early uni days, was that something that <laughs> yeah. came out of a jar mostly? Or? <laughs> yeah, oh, very much. If it's not coming out of a packet, I don't want to know about it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, a very, uh, very delicate palate uh, <laughs> you're dealing with here. Now, if you were, you know, you had to develop certain foods, and you, do you have certain favourite foods that you have pre-match and all those sorts of things? Because the the amount of running that as an umpire you do in an AFL game is is extraordinary. Yeah, that, that's one thing we are, requ- are required to do. Um, and a few, I, I've got a few mates that just go, "Where do you put it, mate?" Like, <laughs> I I I, uh, I don't mind a feed. Um, and I, unfortunately, at this stage, um, I still burn it off, which is good. Mm. I, um, I'm a little bit worried about what it might look like in a couple of years' time <laughs> once I've finished running around. There might be a few adjustments that need to take place. So but, should, um, your, should your nickname actually be Grazer Ray rather than Razor <laughs> Ray? Const- yeah, <laughs> I even go with that. I, uh, I give the dumplings a hiding, I'll tell you that. Oh, okay. yeah. Dumplings, uh, Kevin yeah. loves these uh, dumplings. What, what else? What else do you like if you're uh, if you're going to treat yourself? Uh, a massive. I'm a massive fan of the Indian cuisine. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I love I love the kormas, etc. Um, but yeah, if we, if my rule generally is if I go out with mates or whatever, what are you going to order? I'll order something that I won't cook at home or I can't. Yeah. I think that's that's generally my guiding principle. And we've got another rule in the family that. If someone orders something, you're not allowed to. <laughs> so it just spe- it speeds things up <laughs> when we get to a restaurant and my mum's dithering around, doesn't know what she's going to order. Um, it's, that's put a rocket up her because if someone else orders it, you're not allowed to order it yourself. Only one person can. I remember talking to Tammy Van Wisser, the marathon swimmer, and she would say to us that when she was in training, she loved um, whole cheesecakes to herself because she could burn them off. Is the same true for you? Can you eat pretty much whatever you like? I, I when I was younger, so in a, in a, this was pre TikTok. Um, I, I was uh, I'd lose too much weight and I'd get sick. Oh. And um, and so I had like a marker where I had to make sure I didn't get below that weight. And I remember the nutritionist saying to me, Ray, what's your favourite naughty food? And I was like, oh, hot chips for sure. Like I just love hot chips. 
and she goes, okay, breakfast aside, um, I want you to, in season, I want you to order a bowl of hot chips with every meal that you have, right? She goes, fill your boots. Like, you, you, your diet's fine, you, you're active, you've got no other underlying concerns about anything. She goes, fill your boots. So that that's my go. And, yeah, at the moment, I'll sit in that special 72 to 75 kilos. Um but yeah, as I said to you, once I stop, there's going to be some new habits need to be made. Ray, can I just have the name of that nutritionist who says it's okay to eat chips with everyone? <laughs> you my favourite lady. Everyone's just insanely jealous hearing that. So you can have unlimited chips because you've been advised to. Oh, goodness me. What, what about a sweet tooth, Ray? Have you got one of those? I'm not big on um, – in, uh, in our household, actually, we're not sort of – that's not normally our – Go, but I do like you know the chocolate eclairs. Oh, yeah. Yes, I, I hope I'm going to be really ordinary, right? I, and you know, back in the day, you'd go down to St Kilda, and um, and you'd be down in Ackland Street, and they'd just have the most incredible yeah. shops there. And I'd be like, "That's it, I'm I'm in here, and I'm grabbing a chocolate eclair." That was that's my go-to. Oh, I love it. What yeah. about uh, lots of demands of your job? Pretty intense. Do you need a coffee or three to get through the day? Yeah, I start by injecting one in my eyeball, and then, <laughs> and then once that settles, we kind of go from there. Uh, no, I'm, I'm definitely um, – so I moved to Melbourne. I'd never had a coffee before I arrived in Melbourne. That's a true story. Um, I used to have a cup of tea with my mum in the morning, right, mm. and uh, I never had coffee. And then I arrived here, and um, that and the, the positive vibes that come out of being an AFL umpire, <laughs> yeah. you need to have a vice of some description. So caffeine seemed to be the safest. <laughs> so, Ray, t- tell us about the – I mean, we, we see what footballers do when they get, you know, drafted as an 18-year-old and they're into the system and they, they're making all this money and all that sort of stuff. You started doing umpiring basically because you went and watched your other play and the umpire didn't turn up. So you started doing that and I think I think your first paycheck was a tank of petrol or something as exotic as that. <laughs> yeah, um, that's true. So how's, how's that journey worked for you to get to where you are now, you know, 350-plus games and AFL Grand Finals and all that? Is it a full-time vocation for you these days or not? It's, it's, I'll tell you what it is. It's the number one priority in your diary. So there's something that you're doing every day, whether it be um, rehab, whether it be training, whether it be you know, from a physical perspective, whether it be um, reviewing game, coaching, um, whatever that case may be, there's every single day you're doing something. And so the rest of your world um, slots in around that. So that's where it's the imposition. I don't think it's a full-time gig. Mm. Um, and I don't think that's healthy and I've seen it in other codes where, you know, they've had this strong desire and push to become full time. And I don't think full time is the same as elite. So, um, that would be the way I describe, um, the rigors of umpiring this. Your whole family know that it's basically outside of October and November, um, you've got to lock that in first and then the rest of your world can fit in around it. So in many ways, it's an incredibly selfish pursuit. Mm. Um, and I'm just lucky that my family understand the passion and, and what, and, and how it helps our family. Um, but they're, they're incredibly supportive and I'm lucky because without that, there's no way I could dedicate 
you know, the time and energy that it requires. You're known somewhat for your uh, theatrical, I guess, presence uh, on the field. And I guess that um, that garners a lot of respect, but it also probably gets a lot of feedback, both positive and negative. How do you deal with that? Well, yeah, it does. And look, it, I, to be honest, when I was younger, I poorly is how I dealt with it. Mm. I, I, I didn't, I didn't uh, handle it well and it would weigh on me. But as you sort of... Um, have a few more journeys around <laughs> the sun, you, you get a, you know, not everybody likes chalky eclairs, right? And I, I speak glowingly about <laughs> dropping down at Ackham Street and filling the face with one. We're all different, yeah? And yeah. just, be, and my, how I'm viewed by others, particularly who've never met me, really isn't my responsibility. Um, so, you know, I think the sooner you can disassociate the value around all of that and just go about, you know, being the best version of yourself and being a good citizen and a good neighbour and all those things. Um, yeah, what others may or may not think probably has got very little to do with you. Yeah, yeah. What others think of you is none of your business, is as they say. Yeah. There you go. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's and, and it's a, you said at the start when you ask about being a being a uh, how good you are in the kitchen. It's whoever's the judge that you actually uh, care about. The, their opinion mm. is the one that you finish up answering to. And, and at the end of the day, I imagine that's yourself. Well, and and that's really hard to come to, and particularly when you're a bit younger, you know, um, to understand that. And, you know, we're, yeah. we're talking about there's a lot of noise at the moment about um, shortage of umpires at community level and, you know, respecting umpires and, oh, can we talk about this, that and the other? And I think it's a really wonderful thing that the game is looking at because it's about the game. But, you know, that's that's the other part, you know, just um, the, the – what. When people talk about a free kick, let's say, and I may have been the umpire in this example, it's not a personal, that's not a personal attack on me. That's talking about the game and the rule. Yeah, okay, it involves me at that particular time, but um, I think it's really important for us as a lead umpires at AFL level, where we're looked after wonderfully, um, that we acknowledge that. There's going to be debate and discussion, but that's not an attack on you as a human, you know? Mm. You just uh, mentioned, uh, Ray, respect uh, in in umpiring. Does your background in teaching um, complement your job as an umpire uh, in that do you get more respect? I'm not sure whether that uh, that equates to me obtaining more respect, but I've got absolutely no doubt that that uh, that education piece and the degree I did and then the experiences where, you know, you're having to understand that people respond so vastly different uh, from, from from the particular action or from a particular input or a style or an approach. It might suit one person, won't suit the other. And so just recognising and then adapting accordingly, I think that's something where I've been really lucky that I've got that background and training and and of, you know, I think those skills have transferred to assist me. Um, but again, um, yeah, you know, every day's a school day, right? We're yeah. always learning. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Ray. Well, while we're talking about away from away from the game, um, you've got a foundation. You've got uh, you've got a day job. All those things. Uh, how do you fit all those things in around the the commitment to umpiring? I can't. I can't do it. Um, I, I've got little bits that I think I'm really good at, right? And so what I, I do is I stick, I jam myself in that lane. And then the things where I'm, you know, I know that's not my strength. Um, I've, I've got really wonderful people who I absolutely adore in my life that 
allow me to do the thing in my lane that I'm good at. And then, and then I, I resource them and trust them and allow them to do the thing that they're, things that they're brilliant at that I'm really bad at. And I think that um, a lady who I met, I was quite young and um, she's still in my world and she came to work with me for three years and stayed for 13. And she said to me, stop <laughs> one day, stop. I said, what? She goes, this is my job. It's not your job. Stop. And uh, I loved that. I still remember it today, and it was a lesson well learned. So, yeah, it, I'm only able to sort of dabble in all these different things because I've got rock star people around me who are brilliant at what they do. So, yeah, great team. We do like to ask on this podcast, Ray, that if you were having a dinner party and you could invite anyone you like, dead or alive, but in your case, I'm just wondering on your guest list, would there be the following? Would there be... A Peter Berg, a Dwayne Johnson, Rihanna, or a um, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Someone's done their research. <laughs> hey, Jesus! <laughs> you haven't got you haven't got my haven't got my credit card number there. Yeah, that's, uh, that's no, yeah, only your no, blood that's group. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, yeah, Denzel Washington to get a run too. I Ooh. reckon I'm a bit of a fan of Denzel. Um, yeah, no, that's a, that's a pretty good list. We can start there. <laughs> we start there, but you can add to it. <laughs> it's it's amazing the things that you, um, as the world, as we have world events and you uh, and things evolve and people have impact um, in our society, and you, you you can't help but admire them and want to know more. I I, I read with real um, intention. Um, stuff that Peter Credlin writes. I just I'm just enamored by her. I think she's just amazing. Mm. And then you you know, and on a more global scale right now, you know, without wanting to be political at all, but you know, you just look at the way people are presenting themselves and their values versus and rhetoric versus action and behavior. And there are some people globally right now that you can't help but just have the most incredible admiration for. So um, yeah, I think as the world rolls around and we are confronted by different things, you see different people rise, and you go, "Wow, how impressive are they?" So, yeah, that list can that list can evolve. Goodness, yep. man! You know, we, we've touched on you just touched on there the the way the world is now, and the last two years in particular have just been well surreal, I guess for for most people. What lessons have you taken out, out of these past couple of years? Well, I just yeah, we're we're always we. We're always running at 120 out of 100, right? We fit, we overfill our buckets, all of us. So whether you're stacking shelves at Coles or you know you're running BHP, we've all got a full diary, and uh, I think I think we could wind that back. Um, I think that'd help us all in terms of our heads, our time, and then how we treat one another. I just, you know, one of the things that um, the last two years has taught me is just having some empathy and, and, you know, how can you be of assistance to others rather than getting cranky and critical because you just don't know what's going on in people's worlds. And I think that that's what the last two years with all these lockdowns and the impacts on different industry and relationships, I think probably reflecting, yeah, being kind to others and just how can I be of assistance? I think that's the two things that we've take, I've taken out of it and trying to implement in my day. Mm. We're heading into the 2022 AFL season, Ray. Another one for you. There's uh, your 18th, I think. Is that right? Yeah, 18, 19, something like that. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, um, it's, been, it's been, we're racking a few. One of the boys, one of his saying, we're racking them up. <laughs> um, what I do know is I'm way closer to the end than the start. 
So you're at 354 games. I think Shane McInerney's at the top of the, the table there at 500. Is he in danger? <laughs> Not from me, he's not. <laughs> no, no. And, and don't worry, he knows that himself. He sends me a message, he goes, you can't have long left. Um, but, but don't worry, there's a few of the, there's a few guys there that have got a, got some big healthy numbers and we've said, if nothing else, you've got to knock Hack off his perch. So we can't have, we can't have Shane owning that uh, title for too long. We, he's unbearable. <laughs> The, uh, the 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 umpiring fraternity is an interesting uh, collection of human beings, but it's a, it's a very tight knit group at times, isn't it? We're all weirdos. There's no doubt about that. And um, but I love it. And by the way, we we're incredibly diverse, despite the fact that we all share this passion for AFL football, and we happen to participate through the um, realm of being on field umpires. Um, we are incredibly diverse group. Um, not so much to visually look at, you know, but um, in terms of our backgrounds and beliefs and things. But I'm wrapped about that. I'd hate it if I turned up into a room and spent so much time there and we're all, you know, held the same views on everything. It'd be mm. cr- incredibly boring. Yeah. But what they, what we do do um, is we have one another's backs and I, I really love the group. I, I've been blessed to be a part of it. It's um, It's – created so much opportunity for me personally and my family and it's certainly changed our stars so you know i'm forever indebted to to the game hey we normally uh finish off by asking our guest uh if they have a a kitchen tip or a cooking tip to share (laughs) yeah so i i I, the tip in our house is Make sure your daughter does her chores, right? She's meant to clean the kitchen and unpack the dishwasher. So if she ever listens to this, Scarlett, unpack the dishwasher. Fair enough. Fair enough. Perfect. Uh, Ray, thanks so much for your time, mate. Good luck for the 2022 season and beyond. And uh, and thank you so much for being part of our program. It's been terrific having a chat with you. Thank you. No, I loved it, guys. Thank you. You are listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier, brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au. Razor wow. Ray. Good fella. That's the thing that a lot of people have a Could great... Could he have been any nicer? Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> have this great revelation when they actually sit down and talk to an umpire. Oh, gee, he's a nice bloke. Oh. Well, when you talk about the uh, the glass half full and the glass half oh, empty yeah. type of person, I mean, Ray is 100% the glass half full. Have you heard of, you know, some a more eternal optimist than, no. Uh, no, than Ray? I, um, he looks on the bright side of life, which is a, a terrific well, attitude to have. Well, you leave that conversation just feeling uh, pretty good about what lies ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Really de- just depends how you look at it. And I hope he's around involved in football for many years to come when, when the whistleblowing finishes and he decides yeah. to do whatever it is he does and he's got oh, businesses he's and all talent, that. talent, isn't he? Um, yeah, he should be. The media should be uh, mm, grabbing him. First you know, port of call. Absolutely. Now, good now. on you, Ray. Thanks for being on the show. We really do appreciate it. Mm. Now, let's get to our... Friday food poll. Oh, we're going the the, uh, the carnival route. Love the old carny food, Kevin, don't you? Oh, it took me back. Did <laughs> me oh, too. It did. Took me back to the Ecker in Brisbane. <laughs> the Rodeo or the, yeah. the show? When I'd go with my brother and we'd buy 750 show bags each <laughs> and, and and that would cost about $2.50. What, Birdie Beetles? Oh, we bought them all. We <laughs> bought, we we would jump on that bus going back to Redcliffe, uh, back home to Petrie on the Redcliffe bus, uh, the red, big red bus, and we would have – we would, we couldn't move. We would, we'd take up the whole back seat with our show bags. All your Christmases come at once. Everything. And uh, before that, we would be running around on the Dodgem cars. Yeah. We'd go on any of the – 
throw up sick rides, just the Dodgem cars, just the laughing clowns, mm. and just a barrel full of Dagwood dogs. <laughs> Great memories. I'm not sure whether it's it's that appealing. The thought of uh, you know chowing down on a Dagwood dog, but we put the Dagwood dog, or as some people like to call them, uh, Pluto pups. Yes. Depending on which state in Australia you yes. come from, uh, we put them up against the fairy floss. Fairy floss. Fairy floss. As the Americans call it, carton candy. Carton candy. Yeah. <laughs> Sue right. Hosking. I have never had a Dagwood dog, so I'll have to say fairy floss. Well, when you've got a choice of two and you haven't had one, that's a very good choice, <laughs> Sue. Well done. Uh, Lisa says fairy floss. Leone says Dagwood dog for me. Terry Daniel says same as LK, same as Leone. A Dagwood dog too. That fairy floss is not good for your blood sugar. I know, but it's nice when it dissolves on your tongue, not, isn't it? It's actually not good for anything, but anyway. <laughs> Elizabeth, she says cotton candy. Oh, yeah. So Roz says both, <laughs> dinner and dessert. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, Savoury and sweet. Yeah. Cherie Dodson says fairy floss with an exclamation mark, or even better yet, Persian fairy floss is great in Prosecco. I am intrigued Wouldn't by it just that. melt? Well, she actually sent through a photo and it looks pretty darn oh, good. Okay. Uh, Lisa Marie says, uh, spinning date or hello, boys. What does that mean? There's a bit of uh, Roy and HG going on there. Oh, okay. <laughs> Rebecca, fairy floss, sugar on a stick. That Silvana says, fairy floss for me. Deborah Mannix, neither for me. Uh, Rachel says, fairy floss. Joylene, neither for me. We like balance. So Michelle says both. <laughs> Susanna. A Dagwood dogs always make me think of Kevin Rudd. Why is that, I wonder? Fair suck of the sauce bottle. Yeah, exactly. Uh, how, to, how to absolutely murder the uh, the <laughs> colloquial expressions of the day. Yeah. Mervyn Gregory Hughes says, not that keen on either, to be honest, which, hang on, that's, uh, that must be a first. There's two food groups Mervyn isn't keen on. either of them. Jeez. Joanna Griggs, uh, I've never eaten a battered sav, so I'll have to go with fairy floss. To which there was an enormous conversation went on after that on Twitter yeah. about uh, you haven't lived, Joe. Okay, I'll take uh, your word for it. Uh, and then Joe and Ian, hello, Ian, how are you? I got into a wonderful conversation about how the floods are affecting Joe's vegetable garden. Oh. So the. She's got a, she's got a ripping vegetable garden <laughs> she too. Yes, she hasn't been able to get near it because of the floods. Yeah. Uh, Jane Barnes says fairy floss. And Tina says fairy floss. Patricia says fairy floss. There's a lot for the fairy flosses. Mm, there is. Artie Stevens says I couldn't touch either. Savs I like, but in a fresh bread roll with quality Tommy sauce. Yes. So Pamela Matthews says none for me, thanks. Lydia neither. Uh, Mari says fairy floss, please. And we finish with, with Wayne. Wayne. <laughs> Wayne sums it up beautifully by yep. saying, these are both sad and pathetic excuses for human sustenance. Fairy floss is just weird, gross stuff that is like biting cotton wool soaked in sugar on a stick. That is true. <laughs> Except the cotton wool dissolves. Do you prefer it on a stick or in a bag, fairy floss? I would prefer it in a bag so I can dig okay. my fingers in. Why would seriously rather hammer a six-inch nail into a red gum railway <laughs> sleeper with my forehead than eat this garbage? Uh, the donkey dick on a stick is much, <laughs> much worse, though. Oh. It is one of the most vile and disgusting things in the culinary universe. I don't know how we can say that because no one actually knows what's in them. <laughs> uh, and when the tip is dipped in sauce, it looks like it's been oh. freshly amputated from a farm animal that now brays as a soprano. Oh. Well, um, if, if I was tempted to try one, I'm not now. Fairy Floss was the uh, overwhelming winner. Yes, it seemed it was. Uh, as I said, takes me back to those wonderful days at the Ecker in Brisbane or, you know, the Melbourne show of recent times when we did have the Melbourne show. Yeah. 
I don't like fairy floss at all. Fairy floss, if I have it, has to be pink and I wouldn't have it every day. I'd have it just as a one-off but uh, it has to be pink. Don't like these multicoloured things going like the Neapolitan, the blue yeah. and the white. It has to yeah. be pink. Blue's not it. Blue doesn't have a flavour. Why do people colour food blue? Well, exactly. What flavour is blue? Well, what is blue heaven? It, it, uh, well, I don't know. Yeah. It's not a flavour. No, it's, it's not right. Not, no, it's not right. And we're not having it. No, we're not. Um, but, <laughs> but pink fairy <laughs> no, floss. we're it is, not. It is. Look, it's 100% sugar. And, yeah, but I, I do love the sensation of it dissolving on the tongue. And I think what appeals to me is more, like you say, the memory of yeah. showtime yeah. Um, and having it as part of the experience. Yeah. The, the Dagwood dogs, I'm sorry, <laughs> that tip on the end that Wayne talked about where they, they dipped that in the in the red, that was just this big glump of, yeah. of, of whatever that is that they make the batter out of. It just was hot. It was awful. Now I you think, think about the 21st it. century equivalent now of the Dagwood dog at your show is uh, that um, that twirly piece of oh, um, the, uh, potato on the, a stick. The fry thing, yeah. The twirly. Which looks amazing. Yeah, Spiral potato, yeah, yeah. That's it, yeah. All right, well, so uh, Fairy Floss wins out. Keep your eye out for the Friday food poll on the Facebook page and also <laughs> Twitter and Instagram as well because we're on all, you know, we're on all. We'll have another doozy this week. We're on all the social media platforms. Oh, we are. Uh, as are Cheese Links because it's cheeselinks.com.au is the website. Jump on there, find out all the details you need to know and then if you want, give Janet a call on 52821984 and you'll be, uh, you'll be making cheese, you'll be mm-hmm. making yoghurt, you'll be making whoopee. No, uh, no uh, you won't. You'll be making parmesan, you'll be making cheddar. Camembert. Oh, yes. The yeah. sky is the limit, Kevin. Absolutely. Uh, that's our show for this week. Thanks to Ray Chamberlain for being uh, on with us. Good luck for the football season, which uh, starts next week uh, for the AFL, for, for Ray and the AFL. The N- NRL is already underway. Uh, so enjoy that. Until the next time, uh, that's it for another edition of Food Bites with the lovely Sarah Patterson. Beauty Nuke. Is he on? <laughs> Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page and Twitter for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Brought to you by Cheese Links. Bringing cheese and yoghurt making to your kitchen. All you need to know at cheeselinks.com.au.